Ball is life, plain and simple. You know, ask any baller. If, if you know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. You want it, go get it. Shazam! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line, the shot on Elo. God! The Bulls win! They win it! Mike, you're honestly telling me that you're top five. Yeah. Top five of all time. No question about it. Booker, this is for the win. Got it. Wow. The ruling on the boys made basket. You know, one thing's for sure. Over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never going to catch us slipping. With the first overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select. Three, two, one, yeah. Welcome to Pass the Outlet, Episode 8. I'm your co-host, Michael Benjamin. Joined, as always, by my wingman, Chris Patrick. Chris, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing great, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm doing incredible especially as a Suns fan as most of you already know the news Kevin Durant has found his way to the valley we're going to get into it tonight but first and foremost we appreciate everybody who's joining us make sure that you follow us at az underscore vsp on Instagram Twitter and TikTok you can find us on Facebook at Valley Sports Plug and obviously here on YouTube where you're watching right now make sure you like and subscribe we appreciate all y'all but First and foremost, first PTO of the year. I think it's only right to get a little bit of talk with basketball going on before this big matchup of the Suns versus the Clippers tonight here in the Valley. But Chris, before we jump right into it, you got anything for the people? Yeah, man, just really excited to be back here talking about basketball. Like I was excited all day. And then the last hour, I've just been waiting to hop on this microphone. Just a whole lot to talk about. I have had, I've had people texting me, hit me up saying, when are you guys going to talk about the KD trade? We got to know what Valley Sports Plug thinks. So if you're tuning in now, it's now's your chance. If you're listening back, welcome. But man, Mike, I'm just, I'm happy to be here. It's the primetime basketball season. Football's over. There's hockey. Baseball, spring training starting up, but right now it's primetime basketball. And just a little teaser, we're going to try and brew something special up for March Madness next month. Just you watch. Oh, oh yeah. It's NBA's time to shine, college basketball next month as well. We're right in the thick of it. And, you know, the NBA trade trade deadline has gone and passed. The All-Star game is coming up this weekend as well. But I did want to start off here talking about the NBA trade deadline that we saw Last week, got a lot of different moving pieces. I feel like it all kind of started right around January 23rd when Rui Hachimura was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers from the Washington Wizards. I know there was a lot of speculations about the Suns' possible interest and maybe Jay Crowder movement. Uh, It just didn't work out for us. But then, you know, a week later, everything really started to ramp up. We saw Kyrie Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Jaka Pertle from the Spurs went to the Raptors for a 2024 first-round pick and a couple of second-round picks for futures. Big three-team deal with the Lakers and the Jazz and the Timberwolves where we saw D'Angelo Russell go back to the uh, to the Lakers. 
and Russell Westbrook head to the Utah Jazz, who has been bought out. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And a lot of other different moving pieces, man, that's for sure, you know. And obviously, the Suns were a big part of that as well. And we're going to dive into that. But Chris, what did you think about the NBA trade deadline? And were there any teams that really kind of caught your eye with the movements that they made, either than the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, man, I honestly can't remember a time in in the recent past where we've seen this many trades and players being bought out and then signed. I mean, especially in the Valley here for the Suns, of course, we're going to get way more into the KD trade. But you heard the news breaking of Terrence Ross probably getting bought out in Orlando. And then all of a sudden the Mavericks were the first team out the gate. And and then the Suns ended up with him. And he's a great role player going to come off the bench. We got Darius Basley, Basley. He's going to be a good role player, I think, as well. Did I say that right? Darius Baisley, yep. Baisley, okay. Yeah, and then it's crazy. If you literally, if you just go online and type in NBA transaction history and filter by trades, you can just see pages and pages of different trades that happened just in the last couple weeks. And you're asking me about some teams that stand out. I think, um, honestly, the Lakers, man, like getting D'Angelo Russell, I think puts them back in a playoff talk and almost maybe – on the threshold of contending if ad and lebron are healthy and right those guys are a force to be reckoned with i mean i know lebron is older now but he's still that guy who can put up 30 and 10 or a triple double even and lead a team and you know will his way across the finish line and adding d'angelo russell back he's shown that he's a top tier guard in this league and and think that that's really gonna you know help elevate them um, some other moves that kind of surprised me, obviously, uh, another one that kind of happened in like the middle of it all was Kyrie Irving to the Mavericks. I mean, as far as in the middle of it all, it's just anything that happened before the deadline, basically, because it seemed like that's the day that really was crazy. But it's just curious to me how him and Doncic are going to blend together. Are they going to, are they going to mix together real well? Or is it going to be like oil and water? I mean, I, I was asking, I think, our group, uh, when was the last time a two-guard co- combo really worked? And someone was quick to point out Steph and Clay, which is fair, but I don't think Clay is more of a passive player. He likes to take it off the off the pass, whereas Kyrie and Luca are both ball-dominant guards. So I think it's just very different. Um, but those two teams really stand out to me are how are the Mavericks going to adjust with adding Kyrie and how much of an impact will D'Angelo Russell be in making the Lakers a contender? I love the move for LA bringing back Russell. I think he's going to be a key component for a playoff push for them. You know, he can put it in the basket, but he's going to know his role is to kind of be that third guy. Whereas we did see Russell Westbrook kind of try and take over in positions where he really didn't need to. And he, when he needed to trust his two big men. So I think that's going to be a really great fit for them. It's already showing some dividends. And, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the Dallas Mavericks, Chris. Oil and water with Kyrie and, and Doncic, the way that they are both Super Bowl dominant. I mean, we I don't think Doncic is back just yet, and Kyrie has made an impact with some wins for the Mavericks in his first couple of games. But is that something that you can sustain for the rest of the season? And how does it match up within you know a playoff series? The truth of the matter is, unfortunately, with Kyrie Irving is he tends to wear out his welcome wherever he ends up. So you just got to kind of count the days and maybe count, you know, the years until it comes to 
a time where they're going to have to pick. And they're always going to go with Luka Doncic right now. He's a trans transcendent type of player in this league who's going to be an all-NBA first player for years to come, probably win a couple of MVPs, to the chagrin of Suns fans, but that's just the type of player that he is. But, you know, going back to the trade deadline, we, we did see some other uh, interesting moves. Uh, the Warriors were ready to get rid of James Wiseman. He just hasn't been healthy to start his career, unfortunately. I believe he was the number two pick. They swapped him to the Pistons in a three-team trade that saw Sadiq Bey going to the Hawks. Actually, it was a four-team trade. Uh, the Trailblazers also got Kevin Knox and five future second-round picks. Man, that five future second-round picks is like a favorite thing from a lot of teams <laughs> this trade deadline, it seemed like. And yeah. then Gary Payton the second went back to the Warriors like he never left. Um, I think, you know, specifically in tonight with the matchup, the Suns versus the Clippers, you know, Eric Gordon's heading back to the Clippers with three future second-round picks. Uh, they ended up getting rid of uh, John Wall, who I believe is going to end up being bought out if he hasn't already. And Luke Kennard went to the Grizzlies. And then we saw Mason Plumlee get traded from the Hornets to the Clippers to get another big body in there with uh, Zubach. And Reggie Jackson ended up going to the Hornets, who was bought out. And it sounds like he's going to end up going to the Denver Nuggets. So a lot of movement, man. I think we always forget because the start of the year, you know, you get almost two-thirds of the way through before the All-Star break, and you start to get comfortable and cognizant of a lot of different players at different spots, and then pieces just start flying and moving around. And it was an interesting one, and the Suns, you know, I don't know about you, man. I think we might have came, on, came out on top in this one, but... With that being said, I did want to transition into what's coming up this weekend, which is the NBA All-Star Game on Sunday in Salt Lake City, Utah. A couple more familiar faces that everybody has seen. And there's some possible snubs from the Phoenix Suns end that uh, we got to talk about, Chris. I just want to pass it over to you right away. How do you feel about Devin Booker not making the All-Star Game? Man, I, I remember when I... I mean, yeah, I remember when I brought this up, like saying it was a snub when I first saw that he didn't make it in. And and my quick comparison was Zion, him and Zion at the time when the rosters were announced had played the same exact number of games in the season. And to add that add to that now, Zion is injured again. Um, questions from me as to if he's going to be the next Greg Oden or if he's going to be that guy that everyone still thinks he can be. But that aside. I, I think that Devin Booker has absolutely been snubbed. I mean, he was carrying this team. Chris Paul was out for an extended period of time. Aiton was out for an extended period of time. I mean, all these guys have missed. And there's other players also that ha were injured a large part of the season and got voted in and, now, and have now had to have replacements. And it's weird that Devin Booker has not even been considered a replacement as far as I've seen. Now, it doesn't seem like he really cares. I think he's focused on, on a bigger prize. Um, you say the Suns don't have an all-star, but technically we kind of have one. Um, he's an East all-star though. Do they still count, consider it East-West as far as the voting goes? The voting, it goes that way, but now they have, you know, the two captains and this year they're actually going to do the draft right before the game where they oh. used to have it. I think on normally the Thursday night TNT matchups, they would do the draft for both of them. 
Um, so it's going to be Team LeBron versus Team Giannis, and they're going to do the draft right before the game. That's going to be cool, kind of like pickup game style, see who uh, whose feelings are hurt when they get picked last. <laughs> you know those guys got to feel some type of way. But, I mean, normally it kind of ends up to those reserve guys who are taking spots. They're the ones who kind of end up lower on the totem pole. I know that Pascal Siakam got the nod, I believe. Um, oh, my goodness. Who else are we seeing in here? Um, you know, some guys who did make the team, Laurie Markkinen, he's going to swap into the starting lineup for Zion Williamson. And... You know, there's a lot of familiar faces that we've been seeing here. Obviously, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Nikola Jokic, Stephen Curry, Doncic. Um, but, you know, I, I'm excited to see some guys get some just desserts for, you know, the play that they've been having. And it's not just from this year. It's from, you know, the past couple of years as well I, you know i like julius randall getting the nod i think he's had a big contribution to the success from the new york knicks who i believe are six games over 500 looking to kind of cement some playoff seating coming up here you know we're seeing new guys like tyrese halliburton get in there bam Adebayo, shea gilgis alexander who has been a fantasy darling i might say leading me into first place in our league but we'll leave that over there and Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, Memphis Grizzlies have had a ton of success to start this season. And when you see that success, you get rewarded. So I'm very happy with the list that we have right here, except not having Devin Booker. Well, of course. And I think it's interesting looking at this list. And this is from NBA.com, their, their official uh, website and everything for the All-Star game. The starters here, you go down the list, Steph Curry injured. Luca, I, I think he might be healthy now and playing, but I don't know if he's going to play in the All-Star game. Kevin Durant, um, technically injured, not going to play in the All-Star game. Zion Williamson, in, also injured, not going to be in the All-Star game. So that's already three, four of the starters. Um, I, I don't, I'm curious how that's going to work when it comes down to the draft. I'm sure it has an easy explanation. I, I just don't know. But it is kind of cool. Uh, you're right, Mike, seeing like the changing of the guard almost. I mean, like you said, Shea has just been killing it stats-wise. Yeah, the, the Thunder aren't getting all the dubs, but – uh, even guys like DeMontis Sabonis, I know he's not a young guy, but Laurie Markkinen having an absolute resurgence there in Utah. And so he's going to he's gonna stay at home at, in Utah for the All-Star game. Seems like a little bit of a weird um, venue, but hey, spread the love around. Let let every city get a chance. And uh, I mean, you were just out in, in Utah recently, right, Mike? I was, yeah. I was out in Sundance. So mm. um, pretty cool. And I guess, you know, you know, we can talk about some of those guys who aren't playing once again. Uh, Steph Curry's not going to play. Zion's not playing. And we saw some people who are coming into the fold. De'Aaron Fox as well as one of those guys. And Ian's saying that Kyrie is technically injured, but we'll see if he plays in the game. Um, but, man, you know, I'm just excited to see the best players get on the floor and do some crazy things that you don't get to see in every NBA game because, you know, guys start to tighten up when it comes down to winning time. And that's kind of one of the cooler things that's happened the past couple of years as well with uh, the ruling in, you know, the fourth quarter. It's whatever team is winning plus 24 in honor of Kobe Bryant. And guys really start to tighten up in the all-star game to see if you can get that final bucket and maybe cement an MVP for you because – those things go down in history, man. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. W without a doubt.
And while we're talking about snubs and and the All Star Weekend, I wanted to to show you and, and you know talk about this. Uh, it's the Starry three point contest, which is going to happen on Saturday night. And let me tell you, Starry is one of my new favorite sodas. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Starry is just Pepsi's rebranding of Sierra Mist. So it's comparable to Sprite. It's very good. I've tried it, but it basically just tastes like Sierra Mist. That aside, um, you see this uh, pool here. You got Tyrese Halliburton, Tyler Hero, Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter. Uh, Jason Tatum in the three-point contest was kind of a weird one to me. Um, and Fernie Simmons, Laurie Markkinen, like we mentioned, and uh, Dame Dalla. The snub here is that I was seeing some people say that Damian Lee should have gotten a nod for this three-point contest. He's been knocking down like two, three, four three-pointers every time he, he gets in the game. Uh, Mike, are you thinking that's a that's a snub and Suns deserve some more representation here? Um, is it a snub? I mean, the guy was leading the league in uh, three-point percentage for a majority of the season. And we've already seen an injury replacement to this list. Anthony Simons is hurt. So they gave the nod to Julius Randle. I can't believe this, man. I mean, oh, I one thing that somebody had brought up, which I kind of agree to, is if somebody's already in the All-Star game, why don't you leave these other you know, events open for other guys so they can go be a part of the weekend, you know, kind of step up on a national stage and sh showcase their skills. I mean, you can talk about what thresholds you have to meet and criteria, amount of shots taken, amount of shots made. But all we saw to start this season was Damian Lee lead the league in three-point field goal percentage. And it was basically just a two-game stretch that – took him out of that top spot. So it can go back to the same reasonings and disappointment that we had last year with Cam Johnson not making the three-point uh, contest, but it is what it is at this point. Man, Chris, we got some bigger fish to fry. So if he can stay healthy and just come back firing for the second half of the season, I'm okay with it. No, that's fair. And that's what's most important. I don't care about any All-Star Weekend shenanigans. You want people to stay healthy. I don't think the three-point contest is going to get him hurt. But sometimes people, I mean, shooting in that like setting, it can some it can throw some guys off. You never know. But another, you know, when we're talking about All-Star Saturday night, of course, everyone remembers growing up how spectacular the slam dunk contest was and everybody looking forward to it. Again, stars coming out to shine. But, Mike, I don't know if you've seen the participant group for this year's slam dunk contest. All I have one word. I have one word to describe this this list. Who? <laughs> How did I know that was the route that you were going? <laughs> Obviously, I know who Kenyon Martin Jr.'s dad is. I didn't even know he was in the league, to be honest. I know Mac McClug because he's kind of a meme. He's a white boy that can ball. Any white boy who can ball gets some notoriety. Uh, never heard of Trey Murphy or Jericho Sims in my entire life. I could not agree more, Ian. Yeah, me and Mike had the same idea there. Absolute <laughs> dog water. This is just embarrassing for the NBA. Um, I, I'm, I'm, one more comment, Mike. I am pissed LeBron never did a slam dunk contest. It's obviously way too late now, but had to get off that that off my chest. What, what do you what do you make of this this debacle? You know, it can go into some of the things that we were touching on in regards to kind of the changing of the guard. You know, specifically for three of those guys, Kenyon Martin, Mac McClung, and Jericho Sims, I think more so Kenyon and Mac, 
you know, they had a big social media presence while they were in high school, known for high flying, known for making some highlight plays. And that's kind of started to transition into giving them these opportunities. Uh, Jericho Sims is just a freak athlete. He's a huge guy. I think he's almost seven foot out of Texas. Uh, you know, he's a guy who can get his entire head above the rim. So I, I'd be interested to see what he can do. It's always kind of a crapshoot when it comes to those big guys trying to be in the dunk competition. Um, but then Trey Murphy, I just, you know, he's kind of just been a, a good role player for the Pelicans. I, I don't, I didn't think of him as a high flyer. I just thought of him as, you know, a good guy that fits their scheme and, and has been helping them to success this year. So the unfortunate thing with the slam dunk contest is there's some limitations in regards to what you can do. And, you know, it's, we're getting to the point where these guys got to really get creative to show something new on this stage. And, you know, that's why they're going to give it to some of these new guys who maybe can get up a little bit higher than others. Uh, it is funny though, Mac McClung, I don't even think he technically plays on an NBA roster right now. I think he has a two way contract with the Philadelphia 76ers, but he's been in the G league primarily, you know, most of this season and, you know, primarily in his career as well. But we're starting to see that in, you know, those Rising Stars games as well. They, they're starting to include some guys from Team Ignite. So we'll see, man. But I'll, I'll take a look at it this year. I'll take a look at it. I just had to look it up real quick. You're absolutely right about McClung. He's, that's why in that image, um, he's actually wearing a Blue Coats jersey is because that's the, uh, the G League affiliate for uh, the 76ers, I would, I would imagine. Um, yeah, look at him right there in the in the blue coats jersey. Everyone else is wearing their NBA uniform. That's kind of disrespectful. If he's on a two way contract, they couldn't at least slap a Sixers jersey on him. Like, poor guy. But I mean, it. it last thing I'll say about the dunk contest. I mean, I get these guys are probably spectacular athletes, great dunkers. Uh, but it just reminds me of when Derek Jones Jr. was in the dunk contest. I mean, again, airplane mode, flashy dunker. But is he going to put asses in seats? I just don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean. He, uh, like I said, he does have that notoriety kind of going back to, uh, to the time with Zion as well. You know, he was one of those guys who was always on overtime on all of those kind of social media platforms that were getting reposted and gained a, a pretty decent notoriety going into college. Um, just, you know, he's kind of an undersized guy. He's an okay shooter. He's just going to be one of those guys who will, you know, mess around in a backup role for you know, how long his career is, I don't know, maybe seven to eight years and then maybe go overseas, but give him a chance and, and we'll see, but I'm going to be tuning in this weekend. Chris, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to definitely try and catch some of it. I mean, if not, at least see the highlights. Um, you know, if you will allow, I want to see, talk about just one other event that's going to be happening this weekend at the all-star game um, and all the festivities. And that's the celebrity game. Um, these are always fun rosters to kind of look at. I mean, you see Corday, uh, Diamond DeShields, Phoenix Mercury, you know, all-star Calvin Johnson, uh, Megatron, Ozuna. I think he's a, he's a rapper. Um, Dwayne Wade. I, how is Dwayne Wade supposed to be? Is he a coach or is he a celebrity? I don't, I don't get that. I, DK Metcalf. I believe Dwayne Wade is supposed to be the coach, but team Wade. 
I wouldn't be gonna... surprised if they let him go out there and try and uh, put on a show a little bit, you know? He's going to Jackie Moon it. Yeah, cause, okay, you're right, because Ryan Smith there, honorary captain. So maybe he won't play. Who knows? But yeah. out, looking at these two rosters, Mike, who do you think is going to come out on top? That's all I want to know. Ooh, I got it. I mean, there's some familiar names who I believe have played in this game a couple of times. Uh, Simu Lee, Hassan Minaj has played in it before. Uh, I think Kane Brown has as well. Um, ooh, I don't know. You know, I'm probably going to go with Team Dwayne, especially if he gets out there and plays. And hopefully he can, you know, toss the rock over to 21 Savage, who can, you know, throw a lob over to DK Metcalf. That'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of those guys who will get up for a dunk or two in the game. Um, but yeah, dude, the Miz, Albert Pujols, like Ian said, I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, I can't you imagine love it. Pujols getting back on defense super quick. Um, it, it, it's tough because like at first, like I was with you, but then like, I, 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 and I'll admit, I don't know a lot of the names there on, on team Dwayne. Uh, but I'm at like DK is just a freak athlete, man. Like that guy's that guy's yoked. So I think if you give him the rock, we'll see what he's got. Um, Corday, I think he might be a sleeper pick. Calvin Johnson, even I imagine he's he's not even that old. He's probably in his late 30s, maybe pushing 40. So you know he's still balling. But man, I, I don't know. Celebrity game, it's always a fun one, uh, in my opinion. I mean, uh, we could talk about the rising stars, but I just I don't. There's not no one really on that list that's that's hopping out at me. I mean, it's I think it's interesting. I mean, th- something we could talk about with Rising Stars is the format, how they're doing it this year. Um, did you see it's like a, a three round tournament or something like that? I believe they did it similarly last year as well, oh, but okay. I might I might be mis- mistaken. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of the same thing with the NFL. You know, you keep doing the same type of things for so long. You know, the entertainment value is is going to be capped at a certain point. So you got to start making some changes and seeing what works and what doesn't. And, you know, I do give a tip of my cap to the NFL for trying new things. I just think that the Pro Bowl and, and that kind of scenario, just it's just a tough market to sell for NFL fans, especially with the Super Bowl the next week. You know, everybody's just chomping at the bit to see that game. But the NBA, if they keep you know, trying to make some adjustments, get some new blood in here. You know, it's a culture shift right now, Chris, that's for sure. You know, we're starting to become the old heads, which is a crazy thing to think about, but that's just where we're at now. So we'll see how this weekend goes. Yeah, no, but to answer your question, I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to, I'm going to try and check it out. I do have a busy weekend coming up. We're going to be recording uh, the heat check podcast for the month of February. Uh, We're still promising that once a month, um, but Man, let's let's keep going with this this past the outlet, man. I'm excited to be back and, and talking basketball. 100%. And with that being said, it's that time. It's that time. So on February 8th, new ownership change for the Phoenix Suns finally happened. Matt Ishbia was given the approval from the, uh, I believe it was the Board of Governors for the NBA. And in less than 24 hours, he might have made the trade of the franchise. In the history of the Phoenix Suns, on February 9th, the Suns and the Nets agreed to a deal. Actually ended up overall being a four-team deal, but originally it was the Suns to receive Kevin Durant and TJ Warren. 
and the Suns sent to the Nets Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, four first-round picks, which was 2023, 2025, 27, and 28, as well as, I believe, a second-round pick in 2029 with the guy Jay Crowder, who hadn't played a minute for the Phoenix Suns as just kind of a throw-in. Um, and Jay Crowder ended up going to the Bucks. Included kind of within that deal as well, the Pacers received George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Noir, three future second-round picks and cash considerations. So, Chris, right off the bat, how are you feeling, man? How are you feeling? I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, but I'm feeling weird, Mike. I mean, I just don't think it's really settled in yet. I have a lot of mixed emotions. I mean, how could you not be, you know, stoked to have one of the best, if not the best player in the world right now on your team? I just, part of me, I don't want to say I feel hypocritical, but I remember when Kevin Durant went from the Thunder to the Warriors, I was very critical about him joining that team of, of very talented players, but and, and now that I'm talking about it out loud, I think it's a little bit different because the Warriors had already reached the mountaintop. They had already won a championship when he joined that roster. So this is a very different situation where the Suns have been to the finals, but even the team that Kevin Durant's joining is not that same team. I mean, we don't have Jay Crowder. A lot of our bench has, has changed over. But overall, I mean, I'm, I, I just feel weird. I think it's not really going to sit in and settle in until I see him step onto the court i mean it's been surreal seeing all the media that has been coming out of him in the uniform you know the promotional videos and then today watching the press conference with him james jones and matt ishbia i mean the the fans were crazy i mean to get that many people to come out at 2 p.m on a thursday like i was wondering like do these people have jobs like i mean i would have loved to go but but no, with, with all due respect, I mean, just it really excited, and it's just been a whirlwind. Um, Mike, do you? I want, I want to, I want to ask you the same question, but also, do you remember where you were and what you were doing when you when you got the news? Oh, I was sitting on the couch just watching highlights uh, from the night's NBA action, and it was late, man. I think it was almost midnight. It was like eleven thirty oh when God. I when I got the news, and then I just started getting texts from everybody, man. KD, KD, and then people started to kind of realize what was entailed within that, which ended up being, unfortunately, losing Mikhail and Cam, uh, which was, you know, going back to the summer, a lot of the talks were around us holding on for dear life, specifically to Mikhail Bridges. You know, the guy just started to make the necessary steps to become one of the best two-way players in this league, and he's still super young. But to get one of the best players of you know the past two decades, those are the kind of pieces that you're going to have to give up. So, you know, Mikhail's already showing himself off, dropping 45 last night. So specifically, props to you, Ian. You got a good one over there uh, in Brooklyn. But you know, Chris, I'm in the exact same boat as you. I, from all the talk that we've done about it, and all the hope that I always had. For it to finally come to fruition, I felt like I was still mentally drained. And it took me back to four months ago after all the hoopla and all the chatter that we had to go through to it finally coming to the point where it didn't look like anything would happen, at least until the trade deadline. So just all those emotions came flooding back. And it's been steadily ramping up since then, you know, 
going back to the Kings game on Tuesday, you know, the first time that he's in the building, the standing ovation that the fans are already giving him, welcoming to uh, welcoming him to the Valley. And then for them to do an open press conference to have fans there to just give him more adoration was something to behold. You know, I haven't gone back and watched the uh, the replay yet because uh, I was driving for work uh, earlier. So I was listening to it on 98.7 and it was every question there was claps, every answer there was claps, every just kind of two sentences, it seemed like people were shouting out his name. And then I did like when they asked him about his time in Brooklyn and everybody started booing. Oh, Savage. but you gotta you gotta ask those questions, right? It's an introductory press conference. You gotta see where he's at, where he's coming from, and where he is now in his headspace. So it's gonna be super surreal the first time where he actually steps on the floor and plays with this unit, which honestly I think is gonna be, you know, not as long as people think. I think he's right around the corner. We've seen plenty of footage of him at the practice facility getting up shots, and he's looking pretty good. I don't think he started three-on-three three or five-on-five five work just yet. I'm sure it'll ramp up next week. And then before you know it, you know, he's going to be ready to go for some huge matchups. I think we got the Bucks and an 11 a.m. ABC matchup as well as the Mavs. And I'm sure he's going to be ready to go by then. So to get him into the fold for some of those high-profile matchups is going to be just crazy. But yeah, Chris, I, I did want to pass pass it back over to you really quick. One of the, I think, unspoken people that came back in this trade was TJ Warren. And it seems like it's been ages since he was here. Can you pull up that roster that last time that uh, he was on the Suns and just kind of see what turnover this team has really seen within the past five years of him being gone? Yeah, I, sh- I, sh- I should have been ready with this. But, yeah, it was crazy – uh, you know, looking back on when the last time uh, TJ Warren was on this roster before we let him go to the Pacers. And it's crazy to think that, um, I mean, to name some of these names. Yeah, actually, let me just pull it up because I think this is the right roster. It was 2018 and then the offseason in 2019 um, is when we, uh, you know, sent him over to the Pacers. Let me just double check, make sure I'm on the right year here. Uh, but I did, while I'm pulling this up, I did want to just say about the press conference. I was able to watch it. It was a little, a little weird, a little bit of a weird format overall. Um, and Kevin Durant, I mean, it was weird. It was int- I, I keep saying weird. I mean, I'm sorry, but it, that's all I can describe it as. He looked equally uncomfortable and cocky at the same time. Uh, as at the same time as he's saying, I'm just ready to to here to work hard. There's more work to do. He was also saying, and I quote, "I'm one of the best players to ever play the game," which like I said, is not a lie. That's 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 the truth. So that's is that confidence or cockiness? I mean, you kind of ride that line. But most of the questions asked at that press conference were pretty good. Um, I think Ishbia. I think I, I really like him as an owner. He's a real you know professional guy, and making this splash to get Kevin Durant already and pulling the trigger is just incredible. Of course, we're gonna miss Mikael Bridges was on this roster and played with Tony Warren last time he was here in the Valley. Uh, but some other names you see here that were also in the Valley. Do you remember uh, Jimmer Ferdet being on this roster? Oh, yeah. Or How can you what forget about, Jimmer Ferdet? What Fredette? about Ty- on, Tyson Chandler? Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't know. Um, before there was a uh, you know Steph Curry and Clay Thompson range, there was Jimmer range back back at his time at BYU. And so I personally, not to get nostalgic, but I personally was kind of stoked that Jimmer got another chance here after his stint with the Shanghai Sharks. I, I think so. I think it was after that anyway. Um, but for whatever reason, his game just never translated to the NBA. He fizzled out. I mean, just look at this going down this list. Who is still on this team? Uh, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and that's it. Now TJ Warren's back, but it's even crazy. Like this, you may be wondering, you may be saying, Chris, that's a lot of players. That's more than you're allowed to have on an NBA roster at any given time. And you'd be absolutely right. Because that's just how many players we had to rotate in and out as we signed guys to 10-day contracts, as people got injured and dropped and just didn't work out. I mean, thinking about – I mean, I'm just guessing off the top of my head, but the players that probably finished this season on the team were Trevor Ariza, DeAndre and Dragon Bender, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, obviously. Tyson Chandler probably finished the season injured, um, you know, washed out. Rashawn Holmes, Jimmer. Josh Jackson, is he even in the league anymore? I mean, we drafted him so early when we could have had what well, we could have had De'Aaron Fox, Mike. And mm-hmm. I did, I wrote it down here, and I don't want to go back too far. This was at the beginning of when we were talking about, um, you know, the offseason and the trades and how Kyrie and Doncic won't really mix together. I think the the thing is Devin Booker and Devin Booker and Luka Doncic wouldn't have mixed either. We talk about the two ball dominant guards, so we can kick ourselves for not drafting him over DeAndre Ayton, but I just kind of want to put that to bed. I just don't think that Booker and Doncic would have really blended well. But that that aside, this roster, just dog shit. I mean, or or like Ian said, dog water, probably the more PG term. Um, no, and, and yeah, Jimmer wasn't on the Suns long. Um, you guys have, have him <laughs> had his last chance. We did, we did, we really <laughs> did give him his last chance. I mean, it was it was do or die for him, and he's he's done done gone gone away. But Mike, Mike, what do you remember of of this team? Are any of these players uh, bringing up some nostalgic feelings? I mean, if you think about it, this was kind of like the building blocks for where we are today. You know, it was beginning of DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges career obviously Mikhail is no longer with us but he helped us to get where we are um I mean I'm looking at some some crazy names on here Elia Kobo the left-handed assassin from France right uh DeAnthony Melton who's made a name for himself as well in the league he had some good stints in with the Grizzlies and I believe he's with the Sixers now if I'm not mistaken but I mean, Jamal Crawford, towards the end of his career, trying to be kind of a veteran presence for these guys. Same with Tyson Chandler. He was towards the end. But we just had too many hit and misses on this team. You know, Dragan Bender, Josh Jackson, even Tyler Johnson, after he signed that big contract with Miami and we traded for him, it just didn't pan out. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through the struggles to find yourself on the other side of greatness. So. That's one person who can definitely say that is Devin Booker. That's for sure. He writes it on his shoes every night. Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, to talk about Devin Booker, I was thinking about this. I couldn't find the exact quote. I wanted to bring it to the table, but it was basically the quote where Devin Booker said he doesn't want to go to make a super team. He wants the super team to come to him. And man, it sure seems like he accomplished that. And almost kind of, I'm kind of getting that feeling like Devin Booker could be a son's lifer. Like maybe he will spend his whole career here now, especially now that you have Ishbia as the owner for the foreseeable future. And 
James Jones is a pretty young guy. I don't think he's going anywhere. That's another thing I noticed in the press conference, Mike. I forgot James Jones is six foot eight. That's a tall dude. And so at the end when they were standing up and shaking hands and you see a little 5'10 Matt Ishbia next to seven foot Kevin Durant and 6'8 James Jones, I'm like, shit, I only ever really see James Jones sitting down or standing behind a podium anymore. So you just don't really appreciate. I mean, it's just insane how big these NBA players are. That's the whole side thing. But Hey, we're still going to give Matt Ishbia some props. He won a national championship at Michigan State. The truth of the matter, the fact now is, Chris, is there? there's just – there's a lot of winning in that leadership, right? Matt Ishbia did it at the highest stage in college, and James Jones did it multiple times in the NBA. I can't believe the man Matt Ishbia stepped in in less than 24 hours started to change the national presence that's going to come with this team. You know, a lot of things that we talk about as Suns fans is – oh, we don't get the national recognition or we don't get the love. I'm telling you, Suns fans, if you didn't think you got it back then, just be prepared to always be talked about, whether it's good or bad. So those things, right, when you when you harness a group together that you set expectations and it's either got to go to the highest level or you're going to get ridiculed for the decisions that you make because – at the end of the day, we did give up some draft capital, but you set yourself up for better free agents, more veteran presence who want to come here and play for veterans minimum to try and make a push for an NBA championship. You just really, you know, the bubble started the culture change for the Suns along with Monty Williams and those young core of guys where Devin Booker started to cement himself as a superstar within this league. And now we have one of the top, you know, 15, 20 best players of all time joining this core unit. And the expectations are real. That's for sure. And with that being said, I think we got to take a look at some clips from this new core four that we have, right? Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and now Kevin Durant. So, Chris, if you could pull that up. There's gonna, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. And this goes back to kind of the stuff that we were talking about to start the year in regards to what guys need to take next steps and where guys might need to fall back a little bit for this team to take the next step. Because last year we won that first round matchup against the New Orleans Pelicans with huge performances by Chris Paul. But with his eventual injury in the second round, we just fell flat and we could never get guys to step up and specifically in that game seven. But Chris, if you just kind of want to roll it here for a little bit, you know, obviously to start off, Kevin Durant, he's a high level scorer from wherever you can go, right? He's a great three point shooter. He's one of the best mid range uh, shooters in the game and he can attack the basket. Devin Booker is starting to become one of the better mid-range shooters, if not one of the top three in this league as well. And, you know, those guys are going to be able to create for themselves and get you a bucket in crunch time when you really need it, right? Mm -hmm. And one of these main guys, Chris Paul, that we were talking about, is going to start to become that third, maybe fourth option. Give him his mid-range games. You're not going to have to count on him as much 
in the scoring department, he's going to be able to get guys involved. And then you got the cherry on top, Mr. DeAndre Ayton. For him, it's all about energy, man. It's all about energy. So, Chris, let's roll it back to the top and, and let me know what you're seeing here. Yeah, man. And uh, just maybe working from the back to the front, uh, the one guy I do worry about is DeAndre Ayton, maybe getting a little bit lost in the mix here, struggling to find his place with Kevin Durant coming in and easily going to take over a lot of the scoring load. You're going to look for him and Booker to each put up 20-plus each night. Um, I think I'm going to play this back one more time. One thing that is just ridiculous about Kevin Durant is his length, man. Like he's a seven footer standing up, but then his wingspan is like something like seven, six or something like that. Just an absolute alien. And then, like you said, highlighting Devin Booker here, you see his ability to extend plays, the beautiful pump fake there, beautiful jump shot. You can't ask for anything more. Chris Paul, what did he put up 19 assists the other night? I expect that we're only going to see more of that as he just, how can you not when you have Devin Booker and Deion, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, excuse me, two of the best shooters in the league now on the same team. I mean, when you talk about super teams, this is it, man. I mean, say what you will about DeAndre Ayton. I I think it could go one of two ways. He's either going to get lost and kind of have to reevaluate and find his place, or he's just going to keep rolling. And this is just going to become a crazy offensive machine where I hope that, you know, the defense is still there. Kevin Durant is also a, a pretty good defender. Um, I, I was talking to Matt, uh, my brother, who sometimes hops on these streams with us, and he was expressing some concerns about DeAndre Ayton's rebounding ability. And, and I share that concern. I mean, he does a lot of time watching the ball instead of going after it um, and also not being as aggressive in the post still at times. But you see him here, find, finding the lane, keeping his eye on the ball and, and finishing strong. So really excited uh, for what this group's going to be able to do. Um, but it's also just very curious how it's all going to you know, blend together. But I also have to say I like how the bench is looking. That was a concern of mine earlier in the season. But with the additions of Terrence Ross and now the way that uh, Torrey Craig and Josh Okoge are playing, things are looking up. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, you also forget about TJ Warren. I mean, he's an official bucket getter uh, for that second unit. Bubble Mike. And you, you – Forget about 44% three-point shooter Damian Lee. I mean, there's from where we started to where we are now, it really is just kind of a shock. Uh, but, Chris, I did want to kind of roll back up to the top here again, and I might I might instruct you to, to come back a little bit more as I want to dive into these plays just a little bit. But go back to KD here. One of the things that we saw for this Phoenix Suns team to struggle while our injuries were out was just a necessary ball handler. You know, with Cam Campaign and Chris Paul both out, I remember one of those games we were struggling to get past half court, and it's just something that you don't see from NBA teams. And now you're talking about a guy who's basically 6'11", who can create as a wing, almost like a two guard, and you know, dribble and get to his spots wherever he is and attack and go up against a seven footer like Miles Turner. I mean, I, I just can't wait to see kind of the defensive mismatches that come across from these guys attacking and getting to their spots. And one of those people who is going to benefit even more tremendously than where he's at now is Devin Booker. I mean, he's not going to be getting your best defender anymore, right? You know, they're going to have to match length with length. 
in, in regards to KD, but, you know, say the way that we would put Mikhail Bridges on a Luka Doncic or, you know, whatever other best guy, De'Aaron Fox, you know, some of these like high profile scores, they're going to have to put him on KD. So then who's going to guard Devin Booker? who's becoming one of the best ball handlers in the league and shot creators that we've seen in the past five years. <laughs> I mean, his points per game could shoot up more than you could even imagine with adding in a Kevin Durant, who's probably going to average over 30 as well. But the most exciting piece about this, Chris, to me, is Chris Paul getting the load taken off of him. I mean, a 37-year-old guy who has struggled with injuries and has just been an incredible facilitator and a leader for this unit. And I, I praise what he's done these past uh, two and a half seasons for us. But you're going to be able to get him into situations where he's going to get to come off the ball, come off those screens like you're seeing with, with this rolling action. High ball, DeAndre Ayton setting that screen and getting him right to his money shot. And he's going to have a lot of open shots, a lot of open threes, and he's going to be able to cash them. And you're not going to have to play him as much. Whereas, you know, second unit guy stints, you'd have to either keep book out longer or you'd have to keep out Chris Paul. Now you can switch off Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And then the last guy who I just pray for his sake continues his – enormous boost that he's had over the past i'd say two months is deandre ayton i mean i gotta go back to what i said earlier it's energy for him right it's energy and effort you see here the strip comes right right off from uh, the pressure that mikhail bridges and chris paul is and he just hits the gas and when he hits the gas you gotta reward the big fella because if he's seeing that reward at the end he's gonna bring it on the defensive end which he's going to have to be a key anchor for us if we're going to make a title push. So I've, I I just can't believe it, Chris. And, you know, these are highlight plays, obviously, but it's just something to keep in mind with the way that this floor is about to open up for this unit. And it's going to be crazy to see. It's going to take some time, like we've always said. And I think our last recap when we were talking about we've we finally got Devin Booker back after the month. It's going to take some time for these guys to get together, learn each other's games a little bit more. Even though KD and Book played on the USA circuit on the you know gold medal team in 2021, and I know KD played with Chris Paul as well, but give it some time, and it's going to be scary. That's all I got to say. And you got to think that other teams feel the same way and other fan bases, they, they look at this Suns team and they're, they're pissed. It's not fair, right? How are you going to, how are you going to pair up Devin Booker with Kevin Durant and then also have Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton in the mix? I mean, the four of them are all-star potential without a doubt. And I'm even throwing DeAndre Ayton in that mix. I mean, Mike, you, you bring up a great point with Devin Booker always having the best defender on him. And now they can't not put their best defender on Kevin Durant. So what kind of world of opportunity is that going to open up for Devin Booker, man? I'm just, I'm just chomping at the bit to see what this team is going to do when all of them are on the court. And if all of them can be healthy, there's absolutely no reason that we can make a, a deep run. But a lot of what we talked about, Mike, is going to tie into a lot of what I have prepared for us in this next segment, if you're ready to rock. 
I'm ready to go. It's Reddit Reacts time, man. Let's see what these crazy people are pulling up this time. Yes, sir. We are back here in 2023. For those of you who don't know, we like to do what we call Reddit Reacts, where we take a look at what's going on in the Suns subreddit. That's r slash Suns. They are a wild bunch who like to kind of jump off the deep end from time to time. Um, but believe <laughs> me, I'm right there in the mix. There was a guy on there posting a meme a day until we got Kevin Durant. And uh, I, I don't have it here in Reddit Reacts, but honorable mention, uh, he posted his final meme as we have now gotten kevin durant but yeah mike let's take a quick look here um i'm gonna we're gonna do this pretty much in uh you know let's just start with this one right here this is a good one uh i think this is a reference to mean girls um but sun's rolling up to the buyout market like get in loser we're going to win a championship <laughs> these are always my favorite ones where they where they tie it to movies hey i mean we kind of already saw it with the coaxing, you could say, of Terrence Ross it sounded like he was going to the Mavericks. I believe you you said, Chris, but yep. he had a conversation with James Jones and was able to get him over here. I'm excited to see how he can fit into this uh, second unit as well. You know, he's a pretty decent three-point shooter. He's a little bit older. He's 32 years old, but he still has some prowess. He can get up and down the floor. He does kind of stick more towards those mid-range to three-point game but if you give him an opportunity to get up as a high flyer he still can i mean he's an nba dunk contest champion for a reason yeah no absolutely Ter and terrence ross is another guy who's he kind of has that three level score potential uh he's just all he's a bucket he's a bucket off the bench and guy i'm really excited to see so adding him to the mix is just another layer that I didn't expect uh, when it comes to this, this off season and everything that's going on. But let's look at another one here, Mike. Let's see what we got here. Uh, I like, okay, let's go, let's go do a little Mikel. We'll bounce to, around between Mikel. Um, I love his new nickname. I don't know if you've seen this. It's Brooklyn Bridges. Uh, Chris, it's too soon, man. You're going to make me shed a tear. Why you gotta do, why you gotta do me like that? It has been so heartbreaking seeing Mikel and Cam just assimilate right into the nets and they seem like they're just loving life. I mean, those two guys, and I think that's what makes it hard is like those two guys are just the, we're the heart. I don't want to say they're the heart and soul necessarily, but they just bring so much energy. Mikel has an infectious personality where like, you can't not like the guy. I mean, he's a riot. He always has a smile on his face. He's, a, he's always good for a good comment. He it did break my heart a little bit though when I think it was his first post game interview. He said uh, Brooklyn feels like home, uh, so that 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 hurt a little bit. But I, I think he still secretly has has quite a bit of love for the Valley. Oh, you know he does. He's just trying to simulate with the uh, with the crew out there in Brooklyn. I don't blame him. I mean, Mikhail Bridges. He's just. A, a Valley guy through and through a, a guy who thought that he was going to go to the 76ers on draft day and stay home, but ended up coming out here for four and a half years, made some great friends and was a man of the people. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was at the vine in Tempe. One of the last days that it was open singing karaoke with the folks. I mean, and, and Cam Johnson, another guy who was a homegrown guy who was drafted in the first round by this team and, you know, built the culture and, and built the situation to where it is. So it's always going to be tough to lose guys like that. And, you know, we've had a relationship as fans with these guys for 
you know, four to five years. It's always going to be a little bit tough. You know, I know some of those guys, uh, you know, who work uh, with the Suns in the social media department and are some court attendants, especially my guys, Jacob and Eric. I know they were torn up about it because they were on the floor with those guys having interactions with them and they just made going to work fun all the time. But you know what also is fun, man? Winning and winning a lot. So I think we'll get over it fast. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, that's that's what we're here to do, right, is, is win championships. But I don't want anybody to lose hope because um, the future, you never know what the future might hold. Um, so we love Mikhail, and is he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent in 2026. The Suns are set to have over $100 million in cap space that year. And according to this user, undisclosed sources say that he has close relationships with players in that locker room. So can we see <laughs> Mikhail back in a Suns jersey? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at that last line. Undisclosed sources say he has close relationships with players in that locker room. What do you mean? Of course he has close relationships with those players. He was playing with them for five years. What are you talking about? But anyways... I know Devin Booker made a comment about it in, in uh, a press conference, basically about hopefully one day down the road, we'll see him back here. So, you know, if we continue to have the same kind of culture and, and, and winning and a core cohesive unit, <laughs> exactly. And that's what I'm saying. He was on the team. Of course he has relationship with those guys, but you know, if I know that we would welcome him back with open arms. So, Hey, one day, maybe in the future, you know, Ian, you better be, you, you better take care of him out there in Brooklyn, man. Or, you know, before you know it, he might be back. That's what I'm saying. And I was going to say that earlier in, in when we were talking about Kevin Durant is I'm really eager for now for our next round table when we might do that again in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's, it's great having Ian join us and, and share his Brooklyn perspective. So he'll be able to keep close tabs on Mikhail for us. Like Mike said, hopefully he takes care of him. Uh, Cam was really growing on me. You know, Cam Johnson came back from the injury. He was looking good. Um, I was really hoping for him to take that next step. And I, I'm hoping uh, for his sake that, and Ian's sake, I suppose, that he can do that in Brooklyn. But got a few more here for you, Mike, of Reddit reacts, some things that I saw on Reddit in the Phoenix Suns Reddit. And this one, I think, is just the epitome of what's been going on the last week. You got the Bubble Suns three years ago, and then you have the Suns now. <laughs> it says we will officially be the most hated team in the league now with KD. Don't complain about it. Embrace it. I'm sure Ian can relate to that. Hey, I mean, adding KD, we did lose some hair, right? I mean, he kind of has some some baldness going on back top, so I'm not surprised. But I, I did see those kind of memes and people making TikToks about hey, you can't be that person who picks the Suns on 2K now. It's like, what do you mean, man? I've been playing with the Suns forever. I, I can't stop now. You just got to – you're going to have to put up with it for a couple of years. I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, man. My team. I don't know. What, yeah, what are we going to do about that? Like, And it's funny because – it's funny you mentioned that because I still dabble in 2K from time to time in, in spurts and bunches. But I, I ended up doing a team where I – had I put forced trades on in the league and did all literally did all the trades from the off season and played a whole season with the Suns having Kevin Durant and I don't remember I, I didn't play the whole season I'm not gonna say I sat there and played 82 virtual games but I think the Suns won the championship that year um 
that's neither here nor there though. Uh, I just think the, the future is very bright, but we do have to embrace it. Like, like I was talking about how I hated Katie when he went to the Warriors and how we were a lot of us and the, the conversations we were having back then about how bad it was for the league. And it's funny because when I was uh, aging myself, when I was in high school, like 10 years ago and Kevin Durant was on the thunder, like anytime I played 2k, the Suns were dog shit. So I would play as the thunder cause they had Westbrook, KD, you can even say Nick Collison, but even even when they didn't have Harden, they were still a force to be reckoned with. But now he's on the Suns, and like we've said, it's it's a weird feeling. I think we're going to settle into it, especially once we see him hit the court and if they really start rolling the way everyone expects them to. But got to embrace it. That's 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 all that can be said. We're going to embrace it. There's going to be a lot of hate hurled our way, but I bring it on. You were putting it out into existence early, Chris. I appreciate it. I think one thing that is kind of funny to think about as well with the movement of Kevin Durant over his career, you do have to think back on that time with the Warriors when they bounced them, I believe, in the Western Conference Finals when the Thunder were up 3-1 and the Warriors ended up going and losing in Game 7 to the Cavaliers. That was also the same year that the Warriors set the NBA record for most wins in a season. And then the next year, Kevin Durant shows up. Well, what did the Suns do last year? They set a franchise record in wins, and then Kevin Durant ends up coming here. We just should have known that it was going to happen, Chris. We never should have doubted it. Meant to be. Meant to be. (laughs) That's That's, a great point. That's a Twilight Zone (laughs) shit right there, man. Man, it's funny because like I think you were mentioning earlier, like we've been tracking this for months and going all the way back to the summer of last year. And if anybody checked out the year and recap that, that we put together and put on YouTube, there's a super cut in there of us saying Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. It was just hilarious. We couldn't keep his name out of our mouth. And I don't know about you, but personally, like it, I wrote it off as a possibility. I mean, I, I know the talks back then were, oh, maybe at the trade deadline, but I just didn't. I didn't see it, especially after everything that happened with DeAndre Ayton and his contract negotiations and his name kind of being swirled around. And we did say we didn't want to give up Mikhail, but it happened and we're going to have to live with it. But the last one I wanted to show for Reddit Reacts before we close things out, the Waste Management Open was here last weekend. The Super Bowl was here last weekend. A lot of people, a lot of celebrities in town. And uh, I think Devin Booker is kind of all of us. He said, can y'all, all y'all get out my city. I like it better quiet. Now, I don't know, man. I don't know where he lives, where it's ever really quiet. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. There was a lot of noise here in the Valley. Uh, but along this, Mike, like, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what was like, your favorite thing from this past weekend and or, or maybe a couple things that you really appreciated about having all these people and all this attention on the Valley. I, you know, I, I have a love hate relationship with that many people here, but it, it always is great to just kind of showcase everything we have. You know, we have great food, we have great entertainment this is just the place to be, man. And I know last week was some pretty great weather for those people who were from out of town. You know, if they were from Philly, you know, I don't think you could beat it. But, you know, I did experience a couple of different things. I went to the NFL experience at the Phoenix Convention Center. 
that's always a pretty cool thing to go and check out because it only happens when the Super Bowl is in your city. And then I was actually at the 16th hole for waste management on Saturday. Um, that was just a shit show in itself uh, from the amount of people out there <laughs> and just the craziness. But the vibes were immaculate. It was something to behold. Um, that happens every year, so that's not really that different. It is always around uh, NFL Super Bowl time. Um, but I, for me, I'd probably say the coolest thing was the NFL experience because it's something that you just don't get to see all the time. And I know there was a lot of concerts going on. I think Davey went to go see Paramore. I mean, Ludacris was doing a show. Bree's friend Allie was there front row. There's just a lot of cool things happening. And Phoenix was the hub for a week, which is a cool thing to see. But now with Ke Kevin Durant being here, man, the hottest ticket in town is that Phoenix Suns one, and we got some tickets maybe coming down the pipeline once again for everybody, so make sure you guys stay tuned. But I know the next tickets that I have, I'm going to keep on to. I'm going to be at that game. So <laughs> sorry to the folks at home. Who could blame you? I mean, I, I can't wait to go to another Suns game, whether it's with you or or whatever tickets I end up getting. I mean, we even saw VSP Tallman getting active on Twitter this week as he had some uh, – pretty close seats he was on the sideline i think about row five or six down there uh, just behind the, the the floor seats and it's gonna be interesting man i mean i'm gonna i'm like i said i'm eager to get to out to a sun's game you got kevin durant and, and the other players the stars are talking about everything seems to be falling into line where if if this team stays healthy man they are a force to be reckoned with and that's going to be the key component at the end of the day right keep these guys healthy you don't have to go for the number one seed, right? You just got to make sure that these guys are ready to go for a playoff push. Chris, Cade, he's in Phoenix. I can't believe it. Do you have anything else to say to the people before we sign off, man? Honestly, I, I'm i pretty much speechless, man. I, I, I'll say it again. I can't believe that Kevin Durant is a Phoenix Suns son. It still hasn't set in. Once he hits the court, I think probably shortly after the All-Star break, we're going to see. We're going to see what what this team – because we know what Kevin Durant's made of. We know what he can do. But how is he going to fit into this team? How is Monty going to coach him? Something he said when asked about it in the press conference today was how he um, – how he was asked about playing alongside other superstars because you know he has. I mean, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, James Harden again, <laughs> Kyrie Irving, uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. I mean, he's been with these guys. And the one thing he said was it, it, it's all, all about the coaching. I mean, you look at Steve Kerr. Uh, I don't 100% remember who the coach was in, in OKC, but when he was successful, he felt like he had good coaches backing him up. I almost feel like that was a little bit of shade at Steve Nash and his time as the Nets head coach. Um, but he seemed to I, I, he didn't seem to really, from what I could take away, sway one way or the other on how his uh, how he expects Monty to be as a coach. But they do have a little bit of history. Monty was on the staff in Oklahoma City. Uh, so there's already some rapport there. So I think it's, it's it does come down to coaching a little bit, how his rotations are. I know I've been critical of Monty in the past, but I mean, when you have all these weapons in your tool belt, how are you going to fumble the bag? Uh, that's all I have, Mike. I mean, happy to be back here. 2023, we, we love past the outlet so we can talk basketball, leave VSP Tallman on the bench, give him the week off. But <laughs> I look forward to doing some more of these here, here in the new year. We love you, Tallman. Uh, hey, 
it was only a matter of time with the news that's come out and everything that's happened. We had to get past the outlet on the docket for y'all. We're going to have another live stream coming up next week. We'll have heat check podcast. I believe episode 14 coming at you next week as well. We're going to dive more into obviously Kevin Durant, Matt Ishbia, some items that happened today with the previous owner, Robert Sarver, and obviously the culture change that's happening with the Arizona Cardinals as well. Spring training coming up with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. Just a lot of awesome stuff still happening in the Valley, even though Devin Booker told everybody to get the hell home. But with that being said, this was Pass the Outlet Episode 2. I'm your co-host, Mike Benjamin, joined as always by Chris Patrick. Make sure you follow us on our socials at AZ underscore VSP. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Valley Sports Plug on Facebook, and here on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe. Share with a friend. We love y'all, man. And with that being said, have a good night. And go Suns. One, two, three, four. Ball is life, plain and simple. You know, ask any baller. If, if you know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. You want it, go get it. Shazam! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. The shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Mike, you're honestly telling me that you're top five. Yeah. Top five of all time. No question about it. Booker, this is for the win. Got it! Wow! The ruling on the floor is made basket. You know, one thing's for sure. Over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never going to catch us slipping. With the first overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select. <laughs>